I'm Nevada basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What is up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning into Pack Center. I'm your host, the former ASBN, the Amateur Sports Broadcasting Network, play-by-play and color commentator, Jordan Burns, here with the Sports Encyclopedia, the stat master, Garrett Hirschberg. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at PacCenterNV, Instagram at PacCenterNevada, and Facebook, PacCenterNevada. And this episode of PacCenter Nevada football is coming off a bye week, and we'll be facing off against the powerhouse Boise State in Boise, Idaho. The 1-18 women's soccer season has ended, and we'll be joined by defender Brianna Wehe to discuss the end of the season. And volleyball's own Shayla Heff will be joining us to talk about her record-breaking performance against Fresno State. But for now... What the heck did Coach Must say? You know, just not that good. I mean, that's the bottom line. We're, 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 we're a mid to low level Mountain West team right now. No, 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 really. What did he just say? We're a mid to low level Mountain West team right now. Garrett, what is he talking about? What you just heard is completely right from Coach Must. Until Nevada has stepped on the court into regular season play, everyone is even. There's records of 0-0 zero and zero in the Mountain West. Everyone is even. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, yeah, we're better until the record proves it. That's one thing that must is stressed. And this quote came following the very meh, close game to Stanislaus State. Um, it was an 18-point game, but Nevada blew a 30-point lead. Okay, but saying that that the record doesn't show anything yet and like we're, we're all the same, but – Look what he says. He said, we're a mid-to-low-level Mountain West team. I think you can kind of figure that out before going into it. And we played a couple games now. Are you sure he's not just talking about how his players are playing right now? Or do you think he's just trying to, like, motivate and say that we're on the same? Because that's not how, how he talked to us during media day. You know, this team has the potential to, to, uh, to be really, really good. And that's why I was so shocked that we heard about this, that he was said like this. I think that it is it will definitely be used as a motivational tool because one thing is that this team has the potential to be to go undefeated in the Mountain West. But I think if you look at the way the team's played, especially in those two preseason games, the games these are these are games that Nevada should be blowing them out in. These are D two schools, but it just ha- hasn't come to that. And you look at it, Nevada, as we've mentioned before, Nevada faces some very difficult teams this year in the non-conference schedule, so it might be very difficult for Nevada to eventually repeat and go to the tournament again. So do you agree with him, and I'm going to play uh, another quote for you in a second, that uh, with, what, with what Coach Mess says right here. Um, we're severely overrated right now. I can't state that enough. Uh, we didn't provide any energy whatsoever in the second half to get our crowd involved. And uh, we have a long, 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 long way to go. So do you agree that they're overrated? Um, for now, yeah. You look at their position, one through four is good. But then you get to the five. The centers have been awful. They grabbed one – the center position have, has grabbed one rebound. Grabbed, grabbed one rebound in the Stanislaus State game. That's an area of concern because I feel like it must. He'd be willing to go five guards. The two Martin twins, uh, Lindsey, Jordan, and uh, Kendall. So you go very small ball and have Jordan Caroline play center. That It's an idea, but let's see if must actually uses it. I guess that could work, so – this triple-digit scoring offense isn't the problem. It's the, the single-rebound center that's causing Coach Must to go on a rant like this. Do you think Why didn't he just focus on Elijah Foster uh, individually instead of blaming the entire team and saying that we're all overrated and the Mountain West has it all wrong? And Why? Because I feel like there's a lot more issues than, this, than the center position. Because you looked at last year with Cam Oliver, they were able to grab a lot of rebounds. They were able to play some like play some basketball with size. This year, they don't really have size. Like other than Elijah. What about the Martins? The, yeah, but they're not like four like like they're six seven, which is like, like Cam Oliver was only six eight. Yeah, but he was he played like a forward. He played a, a center position. The Martin twins are small forwards and one of them is a point guard. So I think that they will have problems this year with paint defense. They will have problems on the glass. 
they will allow a lot of offensive rebounds. And I think that this is going to be a big thing for Nevada because this is the first time he's actually, Muss has actually had a problem with this. Yeah, I've never heard Coach Muss talk about his team like this, and that's why it came as such a surprise because he's usually a pretty optimistic kind of guy. He, he keeps it realistic most of the time, but I've never seen him be this pessimistic, this outright angry about his team. Uh, and it's weird because we, we talked to him in the media day, and he made it sound like this has been the best team that he's coached so far. This is his golden year. Like This is going to be the best one. And now the next game after that, He's talking about how terrible his team is. I think that because Mussey is an action-oriented guy, so he has to see how these how these teams how these guys play. Granted, Jordan Caroline didn't play; he's nursing an ankle injury. But it'll be interesting to see how Nevada comes out in their third preseason game, and then then when we get to next or a couple weeks, their first game on the tenth. Because this is all preseason game. This doesn't matter for anything. It doesn't matter for the tournament. It doesn't matter for records. A game on November 10th is the first meaningful game of the season. That's true. That's true. Right for right now, they're just kind of working through their emotions, getting trying to get the Martin twins and all the other transfers, uh, trying to get the rust off with them. But and we saw some of the transfers do very well against Stanislaus. Say Kendall Stevens had 36 points, nine of 14 from three. He he looks to take on that Marcus Marshall role. Uh, Caleb Martin had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. You got that Swiss Army knife. Josh Hall had 20 and 10. So, a lot of a lot of big plays. And I think that that's one thing that Nevada should be, Nevada fans should be super excited about this high-octane offense. This is an offense that Sports Illustrated projected Nevada to have the 33rd best offense in the country. 33rd. That's not bad coming from our little Mountain West school. No, and um, according also according to SI, uh, Nevada is projected to be the tenth seed in the Midwest region of the NCAA tournament. Well, and that's why it's like all the analysts and everyone's saying that Nevada is going to be a powerhouse school this year. But then Coach Moss has they have one bad defensive game and they're missing Jordan Caroline and everything, and he goes on this rant and. And I'm just trying to figure out why he would do that. Like, was it because we still won this game 100 points to 83? We hit triple digits, and but it wasn't good enough for Coach Muss. You're right, and Muss is very Muss is very detail oriented. If he is, if his team doesn't win the rebound battle, the assist battle, or anything, he's pissed. So I think that in order for Muss to be happy, his team needs to be playing well on all cylinders offense defense offense and defense and so the defense just was the offense was there the defense was lacking so the big issue is the center uh is what we've kind of deduced here you know only one rebound there um what's it going to take for for elijah to to step up his game he's just got to be more physical he's got to be more physical down there in the low blocks um he's got to be able to fight for rebounds and that's something that having a Cam Oliver there in that position was great because he he's willing to fight. He's he's those high energy players that like he knows that every rebound counts. Is it possible that that he might not have been as physical because it was only an exhibition game? There's always that possibility, yeah. Man, I I'm just having the hardest time wrapping my my mind around why why Coach Must thinks this team is that bad because uh, when you watch them, they're not. Yeah, and it it time will only tell, especially as the season goes on and as you enter Mountain West play. But you also bring up that point about the physicality. It might not have been the strongest thing, but we'll have to see on November 10th when Nevada opens their season against Idaho. Yeah, I'm excited for November 10th to get ready for basketball season. You know, perfect overlap with uh, basketball and football as football is starting to, to end their season out, but... Uh, I think that's enough for basketball, this show. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on right now, but I want, really wanted to bring up this whole controversy with Coach Muss. And, yeah, let's move on to, to volleyball. we got a special guest. Up next, volleyball's record setter Shayla Heft joins us in the studio. All right, we are joined by the most efficient killing machine Nevada volleyball has ever had, Shayla Heft. 
Congratulations on making it to the record book. The past week, you won 11 of 13 kills per hit against Fresno State. Uh, take us back to that game. What was it like? It was awesome. I felt like I was flying, honestly. Um, we played really good defense. We had really good service eve. And honestly, like my setter and I, we just took advantage of what Fresno gave us, which was um, honestly a pretty weak block and like a pretty weak front row. So we took advantage of that and felt great. Did you guys know going into this uh, match that uh, they wouldn't, that Fresno wasn't going to have the best defense? Well, we've played them before, and our middles have always been pretty efficient against Fresno um, because we worked so hard in practice, too, uh, hitting against a block, hitting against defense and stuff like that, and hitting spots and certain – we have, like, strategies and stuff like that. So we have – been practicing all all week hitting certain spots on the court so it was a lot easier going into the game knowing what their weaknesses were did you have any idea during the match that you were going to break the record I had no clue honestly I was just trying to put balls away to help my team um I was just trying to get set and trying to get get up and transition and stuff like that just to help my teammates out how did you find out you broke the record I didn't find out until after the game was done um, when my mom was like, oh, did you hear what they said? And I was like, what? And they said, you, you like broke a record or something. And I was like, what? And then <laughs> was uh, it on Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. I checked my phone and I was like, oh, big deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so did it mean anything to you? Oh, it means a lot to me. Um, it, it's like a great feeling. But honestly, it's just another stepping stone. So did this game or match feel any different when you were there? Actually, no. Um, I had a lot of my family there, which made it kind of nice. Um, but other than that, just felt like a normal match. You didn't feel like you were on fire? You didn't feel like you were having one of your best games? I always, like, try to set the bar pretty high. So I, like, try to not think that I'm having a good game during the game or whatever. Um, and I try to, like look at numbers during the match and, like, look at how I can improve, you know, because there's always stuff you could do. But, yeah, it's pretty great. And also coming off a of foot injury, like, I just want to take advantage of every set I get and everything I get because I was on the sideline for three weeks. You got a lot of catching awful. up to do then. Yeah, really, though. So what went through your head uh, when you first found out that you broke the record? I was just kind of amazed, and I looked at my setter. I said, See, this is what <laughs> this is what we have here. Like, this is this is. I give credit to you. I give credit to our passers. Like, it's not just me, you know. You have to thank the rest of the team yeah, for it. It's a team sport for sure. Yeah, for sure. How does it feel to be back at practice now after breaking the record? Is it? Are you? Do you have like this fire lit under you? Are you gonna try to? Is, is it motivating? Oh, for sure, for sure. I just want to just do better every single time. Push myself every single time. Now. I got to work on blocking, so that's just another thing to get better at. So is blocking. Blocking is your next goal. You want to break a blocking record? Sure. You know, I just want to <laughs> do something else that's break another record, you know? So do you feel more confident now then? I've always been pretty confident. Um, now that we have Madison Foley back in the front row, coming off, an, off of an injury off a couple games, um, it's helped a lot in the middle um, because for a while there, I had the most attempts in every game. And like as a middle, that's pretty unheard of. Um, usually it's an outside or a, a backside. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just really nice to like take advantage of the sets I'm given now that we have more presence in the front row offensively. So it's really nice to like have a goal and like have a goal of a hitting percentage now and um, take advantage of every set I'm given. So not only do you have the goal of, of winning the match, uh, you have a goal of personal records. Do you think, is that, which, one is, which is more motivating to you, trying to win a game or trying to, to do your, the, the personal records and keep yourself on, a, on track with your own uh, statistics? Honestly, always the end goal is getting a win. Mm -hmm. So that's always like a really big motivator but um now beating this like seeing how efficient I can be um it's just that's a really big motivator now too so you plan to 
to watch your stats a little bit more closely and, yeah, and keep an eye sure. on that. Yeah. So I want to talk more about the team in, in general. It's kind of been a rocky season a little bit. Yeah. Uh, injury stricken, it seems like. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, we've all been working really hard to get healthy and remain healthy. Um, and honestly, it's just a part of being an athlete. You get hurt and like, how are you going to come back from it when you get back in? Like, how are you going to benefit the team once you get back in? And it's been really hard to deal with. It's been hard, like, strategically. What are we going to do? Like, are we going to run a 5-1, a 6-2 with two setters? Or, like, we just have been on our toes a lot. And our bench has been on our toes um, because we don't know who's going to play every game. Like, we just are kind of on edge. And, like, we're all trying to step up to the occasion. Yeah, it, it makes it hard to keep the, motiv- the uh, momentum going when – everyone's getting switched out roles and the the formations are changing all the time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Has it been hard on the coach? Have you noticed? Honestly, I think it has been. Um, but he's a pretty neutral person, so he doesn't really show it that much. But um, I really think it's kind of been hard on him. He's just like, oh, it's just one of those seasons like where people get injured. And that sucks. Because he's been having great traction through yeah. his time here at Nevada, and now he, he's got one of those pitfall seasons. And yeah. it's not it's not his fault. It's no one's fault in particular. It's just the way of the game. You, mm-hmm. you guys have gotten a lot of injuries. A lot of big players, Madison Foley, you. you guys have, everyone's been kind of – it's been rough. But who has been some of the, the big uh, step-up players that you've seen, someone who's kind of risen to the occasion? Yeah, uh, Jamila Miners stepped up so much um, offensively. Um, she plays in the 6-2. She's only plays front row. And she's been great, great presence at the net. Um, Isla has been stepped up crazy um, on defense. She's She just has a great court sense, just knows where she's going, and it's, it's awesome to watch and, like, be a part of and play next to. Um and honestly, our setters have been stepping up a lot. Um, Dalen Burns has taken every set, every touch, and like has been bettering the ball every single time. Um, and that's like we have this mindset of just better the ball. And that's just like what we've kind of established as a team um, through who's playing or who's not. Like, yeah. What has been some of the, the bright sides of this season? I mean, letting some of these younger players get – get the starting role and get some more playing time and improving. Has that kind of been the the, the biggest uh, positive? Yeah. Honestly, we're a really young team anyways. We have uh, four or five freshmen, four sophomores, and um, two juniors and a senior. So we're pretty young on the court. And just, like, developing our IQ is the biggest part of what we're trying to do um, for the coming years because we can only go up from here. Because last year we had – uh, five seniors on the team mm-hmm. on the court and two sophomores I mean two freshmen that was Isla and I yep and that was just crazy like when we lost them that it, we just started from scratch so um, having those freshmen get the experience is a big part of it and having the sophomores like get more comfortable with each other getting more comfortable on the court um, and building our IQ that's the biggest part Having having these five seniors leave, have you taken a leadership role amongst the team? Honestly, I think I kind of stayed the same. Last year, I kind of tried to be a big part of the positivity and being like a positive catalyst on the team. Um, and I've just tried to do more of that and be more of a positive force um, in trying to, I don't know, pick up my teammates and um, not hurt the team in any way, like only positively with attacking, with blocking or whatever, just trying to do better. Out of those five seniors, uh, who did you look up to the most? Um, honestly, I looked really looked up to Lindsay Anderson and Kat Grunway. Um, they were the two that I just like really loved to be around outside of volleyball too. Like it, we just had a really good connection and, um, they were also really positive too, so like-minded people kind of attract each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like them being so positive helped like inspire me to be more positive in their absence. So they kind of taught you how to how to be that sort of uh, leadership positive player. For sure. For um, sure. Was it sad to see them go? Oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, all of them. All five of them. It was really hard to see them go. From a volleyball strategic point of view, when they all left, what did that do to the team? How, who had to step up in those roles? And how long did it take for you guys to really get the, the wheels turning and really uh, set in those uh, starting roles? Um, it took a little while, honestly. We are here during the summer, so we were practicing kind of by ourselves during the summer. And it's always hard to see who's going to step up and who's going to just, like, be a presence, like, just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took us a little while, but I think we've kind of, like, gelled into our roles and, like, what we're trying to do. We're trying to get on the same page all the time, um, trying to figure out what that page entails because we don't – we have to find goals on what we want. Um but it was, it's, it's been kind of hard, but it's been good. The team is now winners of two out of the last three. Is there a different mentality you guys are taking towards the end of the season and then as we approach Mountain West tournament time? I think we're just trying to take every point, every set, every match, just one, one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that since we've had injuries, we've had like – we've – created a deeper appreciation for playing and for being on a team and being on the court because um, Camille Davy was out for a little bit too. Um, Seems like everyone was injured. Yeah. No, everyone w- was hurt at some point <laughs> one way or another, whether they played through it or not. Um, and so we've just ha- like tried to establish th- this mentality of one at a time, like even in practice, one drill at a time, one ball at a time, like, and moving on after that one. Has that mentality helped you? Oh, for sure. I've, um, in club volleyball, that's the mentality I've always had. Um, Just moving on from mistakes, moving on from successes, like, just trying to do better every, like, every next ball. And so you talked a little, so you mentioned club volleyball, and I want to talk a little bit more about you growing up with volleyball. How old were you when you started playing volleyball? I joined JV volleyball my freshman year of high school. And that was your first exposure to it. <laughs> yeah. What was that what was that season like? Did you fall in love with it instantly? Oh, for sure. I played tennis my whole life and um I loved tennis, but it just wasn't for me. Like an individual sport wasn't really for me. Um and so yeah, I showed up for JV volleyball and it was great. So once you you had that first JV experience, you were hooked and you wanted to get into club and everything, keep it year-round? Yeah, for sure. I stayed uh, – I'm from Hawaii, and okay. so I stayed on Maui my first club year. And then I joined a club called Kuikahi, which Kayla Foa is also from. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives on Oahu, though, and practices were on Oahu, so I'd fly over every weekend to practice um, for three days. And that's when I just fell in love with high-level volleyball. Like, first it was just for fun, and then – after that, it was just all competitiveness, like um, getting, seeing girls on the mainland play. Um, Isla Fresenius and Camille Davies Club finished um, second at nationals their senior year in the open division, which is just crazy volleyball. And that's also a reason why I came here because they came here because they're such they know high vol- high level volleyball. They know they have a high IQ, like they know volleyball, and I'm still new to it like in respect of their experience yeah so it was it's like it just opened my eyes to a whole another world of volleyball it's not just bump set hit spike like it's not there's so much more to it every sport you as a fan you watch is like this is a fun game you know we do enjoy have a couple drinks like really enjoy the atmosphere but as a player it's there's so many more levels to it than what, yeah. what other people don't see unless you've been there before. Exactly. And when you're first starting out, you know, there's fun, club, you know, like going off and do, playing with your mm-hmm. friends. And then there's competitive. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. And was the life, did the lifestyle always um, dra- like pull you in where you were like, this is what I want to do. Like my life has to revolve around volleyball now. Yeah. Well, it kind of did because I would leave every weekend to go practice on another island. And so um, – and volleyball is just a huge thing in Hawaii, too. We just love volleyball. It's, like, the biggest sport at UH. I and See, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, like, at their in their Stan's Sheriff Center, it's filled every night. 
there's a volleyball match. Wow. And almost. It, it's sad that we don't have that here yeah. because our volleyball team historically has been really good and we yeah. have uh, especially lately. And I mean, I mean, not this season we talked yeah. about it. It's, it's been plagued, but the last two seasons mm-hmm. uh, under your new coach, it's been incredible. And I've been to one game. I went to one game last year and it was great. Do you have any specific goals going to the rest of the season? I just want to do great. I want our team to, I just want to mesh better with our team. Um, and I think um, once we start getting back into the groove where everyone's healthy now, it's it'll just we can only get better from here. And what do you mean by mesh? Do you mean like on the court, like you guys are all firing on all cylinders, or do you mean on and off the court where you're 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 having that more like teammate feel and family feel? Is that what you're talking about? I think our off the court relationships are really great. Um, but on the court, it's like a different thing where you can feel if someone's working hard or not. And that's, I think we have to like start recognizing that and like recognizing what each other are good at and what each other aren't good at. And yeah, it's like kind of late in the season, but um, for most of the season, we didn't have all of our players out of all of our starters on the court. Um, And it was just kind of, hard it was like a weird progression and weird um just like a more difficult and um like we didn't we didn't know what Mm -hmm. each other like yeah I know what you mean yeah um are you already looking towards next year I mean this season's almost over so are you looking towards next season and where this team will be that then definitely I think the spring is going to be a great off season for us um, for our freshman setter to get more reps and get more comfortable with our tempo, um, for our middles to start knowing blocking and st- like our blocking system with that, um, our defense just to get better because they've they're they've been doing really well, um, but yeah I think I think this off season is going to be great for us to get better, and then welcoming in new freshmen in the summer will be even better, and I think um, now we all know how to invite other people into our program um as the team to invite each other into the program and get on the same page i think we know how to do that now so the recruiting process is a little better now you guys you guys are more established as a team yeah um are you looking past next season what are your big dreams for volleyball do you see it continuing throughout your life honestly i think so i really want to go overseas and play um I really, like, I do want to start my life, and I want to stop volleyball at some point, but I really think that would be a great opportunity to meet, for me to go overseas and play professionally because that um, our one of our coaches, Vish, um, she played professionally overseas, and she is the best time of her life, and I really, really want to experience that. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of athletes. They get to leave the country and experience yeah. a completely different thing. People at our university go study abroad, and they come back completely different people because exactly. of all the different culture and people that they meet over there. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm someone who's who's been seasoned, traveled. I've gone mm-hmm. all over the world, so I I know firsthand that leaving the country and experiencing other cultures and other people is uh, life changing. And an opportunity like that is great. And I and I'm glad that you say that you want to. Do you want to leave the country? Like a lot of people are like, oh, I want to stay here and play for the U.S. team. And it's like, yeah. are you sure you want to? There might be more money here, but the experience somewhere yeah. else is and that's is what priceless. I'm all about. Yeah. yeah, just really want to experience some something new, and that's kind of why I left Hawaii too, because I wanted to experience something new on the mainland. That's very great. Well, Shayla, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it, and good luck with the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you so much. That was awesome. Up next, we have soccer defenseman Brianna Weehy in the studio. All right, we are joined by the booted up Brianna Weehy. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show, but what happened? <laughs> so I got a stress fracture on my left foot. It kind of was mild before I went into the game against Boise State and then kind of just took a tumble, planted weird, stepped weird, and I was done so. <laughs> Yeah, so the team's been plagued by injuries this season. Yeah, right? it really has. It's kind of like a curse. 
It was really bad. There was one game where we literally played with seven people on the team. Seven? <laughs> seven? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we talk- How, how'd that work? <laughs> formation? Well, so we go into the game, and our coach tells us, like, hey, like, this is the formation we're going to play. Like, we're playing with seven people. And then so we start the game. We're going to kind of play defensive, like, clear the ball out as much as we can. And then... One of our defenders goes down. She had an ankle injury, like, prior a couple weeks ago, so she's out of the game, so we're down another player. And then the second half rolls around. It's, like, 3-0. Our starting goalkeeper may have a concussion, and she goes out, but keep in mind that our backup goalkeeper is on the field, so she has to come (laughs) off the field, change into her goalie stuff, and then come back onto the field and play goalie for the rest of the game. So So what you're saying is you ended up with – five people on the field yeah so so four four position players and one goalie <laughs> oh my god yeah that just sounds, that sounds just, like it sounds honestly like a comedy skit it more was than definitely something to remember like look back and laugh in a few years but was you, it funny at the time i mean so when our goalkeeper went out eo our coach called us in and she like looks at us for a second and like kind of pauses and like starts to laugh and we all just start laughing because we're literally like, what is happening? <laughs> and that's kind of been the the trend this season with you yeah. guys is there's going to be plagued. You're going to be plagued with the injuries and things like that. So at that point in the season, it was like, how can, yeah. how can this get any worse? Yeah, exactly. And was that kind of like the lowest point in the season? Well, the thing is, that was our last preseason game. So, <laughs> so the season was so okay. the conference play hadn't even started yet. So not really the best foot to start mm. on for conference. But once we gained a lot of our injuries back, it was looking good for conference, which we had all of them back for conference. So that was good. It was actually kind of funny. One of the San Diego State players was watching our game, I guess, and they are like, was it about a team like in an accident or something? <laughs> like they're playing with seven people on the field. But so you consider non-conference to be preseason? Yeah, right? technically, okay. yeah. I think a lot of uh, athletics do that. I think uh, even football, football says football that too. That. You know? Yeah, they would say we're we're here to win conference it's, first because it's, it's an interesting thing to hear people say. Oh yeah, we're preseason when actually it's a regular season yeah. game. Because I know you guys have preseason game. Mm-hmm. Or, and then these are just even more. So, wait, are those just pre-preseason games? Though? Well, so technically, like, our season had started. Like, we were playing games, but it was just not conference play. Okay. Yeah, we were, like, it, teams in our conference. It's different between, like, se- regular season, conference season, yeah. preseason. There's so many different seasons yeah. going on with uh, yeah. with college athletics. It was cool, too. In preseason, I got to play against my sister. Really? She goes to Eastern Washington and plays, so that was cool, too. Did you try to take her out? <laughs> like, uh, we kind of play the same position, so mm. didn't really get to go up against it. Yeah, exactly. Did, do your parents have one of them split jerseys? Like? <laughs> we told them to do that, but I think my dad kind of wore Nevada and my mom wore Eastern mm. Washington. So A lot of family rivalry there. Were your yeah. parents at the game? Yeah, and my brother as well. Oh, wow. So everyone got to be there. That was a cool event. Mm-hmm. Do your parents get to come to a lot of games here? Yeah, they came to actually a lot of games this year, so it was fun. It's cool. Do they travel on the road and, like, visit? Um, they've come to a couple. We played in Arizona, and they came to those games, and then obviously Eastern. And so oh, they you come played to up in can. Eastern Washington. because yeah, then we just drove to Idaho, which was the plague game. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so the season is now over. Yes. And uh, it wasn't the greatest season, <laughs> but uh, as we said, it's been a plague season. Mm-hmm. Uh, reflecting back on it, what do you have – what do you think about it? What things that could have been – could have gone differently uh did you still enjoy it it definitely is always enjoyable just because i see basically my best friends every day but it does get hard when you're not exactly winning all the time so the practices kind of get harder and more frustrating and definitely in the games it's a lot more frustrating but i think that and especially eo kind of talking about it too we just had a meeting the other day and we kind of just reflected on the season and like there are there was it's not ideal how the season played out, but it's definitely a lot of things that we can work on and get better at. So I think we have a lot of goals to achieve next season, and so we reflected on that and are like are all driven to definitely make it better next next year. <laughs> with this EO's, with this being EO's first season, mm-hmm. how has the culture changed around this team? Well, EO's like always saying like she's striving to make the culture better, trying to change it, trying to change the program, and. I think it definitely showed this season there, especially I feel like in games, 
we had a little bit more fight in each other and like we wanted to play and work hard for each other and like play for our teammates like there's one play like we all talked about in film where like someone's sliding and another person's tackling and another person's sliding and we're all just like working hard for each other and also EO is just always pushing us to our best abilities whether it's like in fitness or even just in practice like crossing a ball over and over again just to get it right to make us better how did the coach see that she was taking the season because i feel like coming into a first season going one and 18 mm -hmm. that could be kind of uh hard on someone did she seem to take it uh positively and, and with stride yeah well after every game a lot of games can be more frustrating than others and so there were those times where she was frustrated because she felt like we didn't play as hard as we could have and that i think was our downfall especially this season but she always was positive and like always try to make us like keep our heads up and keep working because we are building something and working towards something. So just because we don't always get the result we wanted to, like we're still striving to mm -hmm. achieve something. Before EO had a before EO took over as full time coach, you guys had a two interim coaches. Yeah. How how was that? Like, was there like a power struggle between the two? Um, I don't really know what happened behind the scenes, but I could definitely see that happening just because I feel like they could probably butt heads on like formations. And I think that's just what happens with coaches in general, like fighting over formations, like what they want to play, what they think will help the team. But you, but you didn't see anything during practices? No. Okay. Yeah. So looking at this season, what were some of the positives that got uh, pulled out? Did Coach Eos uh say anything after the season saying you know what these are the these are the things that we take out of this and move forward going into the next seasons mm -hmm. well i know we struggled a lot with fitness because the formation we were playing like we had to be really fit to be able to play and for it to succeed but in another note like i think that everyone kind of had their own little milestones that they achieved in fitness and even like myself because our fitness test is 7120s. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's definitely not easy. But a lot of people throughout the season, like, grew in their fitness and, like, got better. And I think that especially was something to take out of the season and to work for, especially in the spring and for next season. And I think especially for the people coming in, they kind of got a taste of, like, the program, even though it wasn't the best this season with our record. I think that the like Nevada grit we say and what we're trying to work hard for definitely was good this season. Seven one twenties don't sound fun. It's not fun, but we have we have to make ten next year. <laughs> Do you, does coach ever make you run the stair uh, run the stairs at Mackey? We used to with our old strength coach and that will get you you literally have noodle legs after <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned that everyone kinda had their own fitness goals. What were mm -hmm. you what were yours and did you achieve them? So yeah in the first season or first day of training camp you we had the seven one twenties as our fitness test and I would say I'm a fit person like I'm naturally athletic but when it comes to tests I'm so bad at them like I get so nervous and kind of freak myself out and so like on the fourth 120 I come back and I'm like cutting in a little close on the way back and like mentally I just kind of checked out and was just like I can't do this anymore like it's so hard but then we had breakfast club for a little bit and you had to do fitness before practice. And so after that, we had another retest, and I passed it then. So I would say that was definitely an achievement for me because in the spring, I could only do five. And what was breakfast club? It's so, so we basically do fitness before our training camp practices, and it was not fun. We had to do, like, two miles in, like, under seven minutes and like a bunch of different other running talking, that was just hard. Are we talking about seven minutes each mile? Or yes. Oh, I think you meant like <laughs> Oh, no, 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 not two miles. Like, I'll, so I'll, I look over to Karen, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> no, no, no. Just one mile, under seven minutes, a little break, another mile, seven minutes. But it doesn't sound that bad, but it was bad. It was, it was hard, but. Yeah, that does that, sound That really sounds tough. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, running running Ru sucks yeah. in general. But yeah, we we our thing. We sit in the studio three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> and talk to athletes about how much they run, and that's exhausting for us. We, we talked about <laughs> basketball, and Coach Moss made him uh, the Tahoe run, where it's yeah, like I've heard about three those. miles, and I'm like, mm -hmm. that sounds awful. Please yeah, don't ever have us do that. Yeah, and the elevation too. Yeah. Do you do you guys have anything like that before the season starts? Um, we didn't go up to Tahoe this year, but in the past, in the past, you've done that. Uh, we went up to Donner Lake once to do, like, a team building, but mostly just out on Mackey, grinding it out out there. <laughs> so, and that might, like suck the runs and that might suck because in the summer, 
super oh, hot, yeah. and especially on the turf. Mm-hmm. I know we try to get the early morning workout so we're not out there like one to three where it's oh, that blazing. Awful. That's like 110 degrees yes. on, the, on the field. Yes. Now, during the during the season, like what you have practice every day. Like what time do these practices start for you? Um, we have practice at 830 or nine, then to about like 10 or 11. So we'll practice some days and lift after two days a week. And then the other days we'll just practice. Again, waking up that early to practice sounds awful. Yeah, it's not as bad as it could have been because we used to have, like, breakfast club at, like, 7 in the morning or something, so. I feel bad complaining because football, I think, gets up at, like, 5.30 or something every morning. (laughs) Probably. I I get up at, like, 8 every morning, so (laughs) I I have no idea how you guys do it. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this loss against UNLV. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we're talking about – uh, points in the season that were probably a low, a five to zero loss to UNLV yeah. was probably one of them. Can you talk a little bit about that? I wasn't there, but I definitely like watched some of the game and was watching the stats and stuff. And I talked to some of my teammates after it, and I don't know. I think it was there's a lot of hype, obviously, because it's UNLV and especially for Governor Series and things like that. And we always have high hopes, like going into certain games, like okay, like we can do this, like we can win. And it, apparently, at UNLV had just had some injuries, and they had like a tough loss against Boise the week before, so we were kind of having high hopes going into it. But I think just at the end of the season, the energy lacked a little bit, and people's emotions kind of got the best of them. And yeah, how do you rough. keep up the confidence and the motivation when? week after week you're getting Mm -hmm. back-to-back losses it's definitely hard I think that's something that the team struggled with this season like there are times where we the energy was just non-existent and we like try to ask like hey guys like come on like we got this like especially a lot of our goals we got scored on in the first five to ten minutes and that was always like got our heads down a little bit rough to start the game especially because then we have to play catch up the whole rest of the game but I think it's just kind of believing in your teammates and believing that they'll do their best to go out and work hard for each other every day and on the field. So I think that's kind of what you have to keep in mind. How hard is it for you, especially in the last couple games in the UNLV game when you didn't play, for you to watch and see see the result uh, unfolding because you've worked so hard this Mm -hmm. season. It is the last game of the season. It is rivalry. Mm -hmm. Did it – was it frustrating for you to watch? It was hard for sure, especially because the first game I sat out, it was the senior game. And some of my best friends are the seniors, so it was hard not being out there with them especially, but then just watching it from the outside point of view instead of watching it on the field was definitely kind of frustrating. But it kind of gives me perspective for when we play again next year of things to work on. So, yeah, what are some of those things to work on for next season? Well, we talked about it in our meeting, and we definitely want to connect more and pass more in. The big thing, too, for us is winning first and second ball, so, like, out of the air on goal kicks – punts things like that just when they're in the air like being the first to win the ball being the first to play it win it back and things like that is definitely huge who do you think are going to be some of the the breakout stars next season to kind of step up um well angel merriweather is going to be returning also kind of like my situation got injured redshirt junior she's definitely i think going to hit her peak next year um rachel gensh has definitely been a major factor for us this season Hannah Souza as well they're both in the midfield working together um I think we got some good people coming in that will definitely make an impact some of the freshmen and we have a transfer and well three transfers and two of them were injured and one of them just had a red shirt so I think them coming back as well will definitely make an impact I think next season will kind of be the one to watch right yeah this season was a building year for the coach and now next season if all plays out right, no injuries, Mm -hmm. you guys should be back on your game. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, looking at our time, I think we are running out of time here. Um, I want to thank you again so much for coming on to the show. And if there's anything more you want to say about the soccer season next season before we go off, here's your time to say it. Well, i just like to say, well, because taking my fifth year and kind of sitting out these past couple games, like it's really made me kind of be excited for the next year. So, I'm looking to grow, especially within, within myself as a player, and achieve a lot of other things and hopefully win more games next year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Uh, new and improved Nevada soccer team will be on the court, on the field next season, and we'll yep. see Brianna out there showing her stuff in her last season. Thank you again so much for joining Thanks us on the show. Thanks for having me.
let's get into this upcoming football game preview. The Wolfpack will be traveling to Boise, Idaho to face off against the 6-2 and two and 4-0 and oh in conference Broncos. Boise is not an easy place to play. This blue turf can cause some issues, right, Garrett? You're right. This blue turf is intimidating to a lot of people. And I think that one person that shouldn't intimidate is Ty Ganji, who we've seen since that Fresno State game, Ganji's been off. And going off, and we've and let's see let's see how Ganji will respond respond against this very very tough Mount, uh, Boise State defense. This Boise State defense is stellar. It has not allowed an Mountain West opponent opponent to score more than fourteen points in a game. And with Nevada's offense, I don't know how this game is going to go. Yeah, that's incredible. That's scary to think because our offense has been so on fire, and that's kind of been what's keeping us in these games. I mean, the last games, last couple of games have been crazy shootouts, mm-hmm. and if Boise is, is that tough on defense and we're not able to get any points on the board, the game's over. See, yeah, you're right. And Boise State comes into this game at a 22-point favorites and an over-under of 58. So an ultimate score they're thinking is 40 for Boise, 18 for Nevada. I don't. I think this game is going to be much closer. I either think that this game is either going to be a shootout or it's going to be a big defensive game for Boise. It's going to be like a twenty to three game, but there's no way. I I don't think Nevada. I don't think Boise covers that twenty two point spread. Also, a point to mention: this game would not be played at night. This is a four o'clock kickoff in Boise, so we don't have to deal with the daunting like the dark, the darkness and the blue. Mm-hmm. That can that that is scary. Now this Boise State offense is fairly good as well as uh, their wide receiver Cedric Wilson is 14th in the nation in receiving yards with 748, and he also has got five receiving touchdowns. Tight end Jake Rowe has six receiving touchdowns. And, yeah, this should be a different game than the different offensive game plan going against his Nevada defense, seeing Air Force ran the ball. But Nevada's had two weeks to prepare for this game. So I think they should come into Boise expecting everything that the Broncos will throw at them. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a, a big test to our defense is can they step up to a, a high-powered offense like uh, Boise? And, I mean, Boise is one of these teams where they're good on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, they're 4-0 or, yeah, they're 4-0 in conference play right now. So they, they're destroying the Mountain West right now, and we've got to find a way to – to to be competitive against them because we haven't been we've been competitive but we haven't been winning. Um, I don't think this is a game that we walk out with a victory. I, I don't think we're gonna win either, but I think it's gonna be a, a close game. There, you look at their offense numbers. We got them beat in everything: rushing yards, uh, passing yards. You look at their starting quarterback, um, Briley R- uh, Ripian. He's got uh, only 1,100 yards uh, and five TDs. Well, Ganji's got 16, almost 1,700 yards, 16 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I think on offense, we definitely very, we're definitely a lot better than them, but uh, against deep. a defense like theirs, uh, it's going to be a challenge to see what our offense is like. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a, a shootout or a blowout. You're right. And the last time the last time Boise State got blown out is when they, they allowed, uh, their defense allowed 42 to a Virginia team. Virginia's middle-of-the-pack ACC school. So, and they held, this defense held San Diego State to only 14 points, which is which is surprising. Yeah, so it's how does our our team, who's been struggling this season, going to uh, stack up against a powerhouse Mountain West leader like Boise State? And it honestly seems like uh, Boise's just been able to shut down the running game. So you look at that game against San Diego State, Rashad Penny had 53 receiving yards. So I think that if the game, if Nevada wants to keep this game close and, and eventually win, it's got to be through the air with Ganji. Yeah, I definitely think this will be uh, a big test to the air raid offense. Um, I'm expecting, I don't know, how good is is Boise's uh, pass defense? How many passing yards do they, they allow? They allow around 200 a game. Wow, and Ganji's got to be up in the 300s to be making any uh, – Real efforts, and on that's this. the thing we've seen him. He was phenomenal at Colorado State, phenomenal uh, against Air Force, Mister Four Hundred. Yep. So we've definitely got to see Ganji on his A game. I'm hoping this bye week didn't uh, take out some of the air in this train. I feel like I feel like this bye week helped helped this Nevada offense get used to what what Boise runs. They're watching film. 
They're getting used to it. Uh, they're probably practicing with speakers out there to get used to the crowd noises. Yeah, my biggest thing is I hope that they're still warm. You know, you don't want a bye week to to slow down your hot streak. Mm-hmm. And you look at this Nevada. This is Nevada only after this had well three more games left. So the first season under coach the Norvell era is almost over. But I think I think that Nevada uh, has the ability to keep this game close. It's it's going to be like a 10, 10, 15 point game. I agree not twenty two. I agree with you. I think this will be another close game for Nevada. Uh, my prediction is a Nevada loss. Gary, are you on a Nevada loss or a win? Um, I'm with a Nevada loss, but it's a close game. Yeah, definitely a close exciting game, and that game will be at 4 p.m. in Boise, Idaho. Tune in uh, wherever you can find it. It's going to be on ESPNU. Find it on ESPNU. You heard it here first. that's the end of our show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into pack center again i'm your host jordan burns here with garrett hirschberg don't forget to give us a follow on twitter at pack center nv and a like on facebook for all your nevada athletic news and updates from the real school of journalism wolfpack radio and kwnk 97.7 go wolfpack Just forget the wins. It's